You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Desperate Housewives. Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm Derek Shore, uh, alone in the studio today, as you can see, Roxy is out, Sarah is out, Heather is out, hopefully Heather will call in in uh, some some point during the hour. Of course, we've got DJ Jesse in the booth. Jace, Jesse, I'm going to be chatting with you a lot during this podcast, so thanks for hanging out with me. No problem. And of course, uh, if any of you all want to call in, can we throw the number up on the screen? So if anyone wants to call in, if you've got questions or comments about this week's episode... Feel free to call in and chat, because I'm going to be a bit lonely here today. Um, It is the last season of Desperate Housewives. This is the third episode of the season. And true to form, uh, these writers continue to take this show in places that uh, I I never saw coming. Uh, This episode started out with Lynette and Tom finally making their breakup sort of official. Tom is moving out of the house and uh, each one of these relationships in this show, it is so hard to grasp onto one of these storylines and feel like, you know, you, you know what's going on at all times because there are so many twists and turns. One of the most interesting storylines that I think has developed so far this season is the relationship between Bree and Chuck. Now, until until the end of the episode uh, today, I have always had sort of a soft spot in my heart for Chuck. Do, do you feel the same way, Jesse? I mean, he is like this hunky dude, and he, he seems like Prince Charming, and Brie is not so sure about him. And even her friends on the lane are saying, you need to dump this guy. He's not right for you. Oh, I mean, I... I don't, I, I don't know. I really didn't connect with this character how I normally connect when they get in relationships. However, there was so much going on with it. We, saw, we spoke about this actually the first episode um, with Roxy and Sarah. We, we said a lot of the times girls get in a relationship or, and their friends dictate to them how their relationship's going to go with them. Yes. So we're wondering, you know, Bree's really never been in a stable relationship with anybody. And it's interesting to see, you know, she was finally, like, with somebody. It seemed like she cared about him and things were going perfect. And as soon as things are going perfect, you know, she waves her white flag. And it's just like, I don't know, like, there was just something holding me back from him. It was almost like a little too good to be true. Well, for me, I didn't see Brie as waving the white flag. I almost saw her as sabotaging this relationship. Systematically, you could tell that she was doing everything she could to sort of tear this apart. And obviously, the secret of being part of the crime, covering up the murder of uh, the man who was abusing Eva Longoria's character, uh, Gabby, 
you can tell that that's sort of that secret is eating away at all of these women mm-hmm. and is the primary undoing for Bree's relationship. Yes, absolutely. No, absolutely. And that I mean, it almost is to the point of like, how was this even going to work out? Oh, but he's so cute and he's so likable now. See, I, I think maybe she needs to meet the new guy in town. Well, what's funny is um, we had all of these, you know, Paul Young, just when we think we're rid of Paul Young, I swear, I was like a nightmare flashback to see Bree on the phone um, with Paul Young. She gets the call while uh, while Chuck is in the shower. She gets this call from Paul Young, and he's saying that he confessed his crime of killing killing one of the ladies on the lane, he confessed his crime to this guy, Chuck, the same detective. And Bree suddenly, that increases her suspicions that Chuck is on to her and knows about her secret and knows her involvement with this crime. So the whole time, at least for me, I, I, I hope that other viewers out there uh, felt the same way, but I kind of felt bad for Chuck. You know, like, here is this nice guy who's doing everything he can to be sweet to Brie, and she is acting totally bizarre, acting a little, you know, sketchy, won't take a shower with him. I mean, yes. Yes and no. I I think both of them are just in a different time, in a different place, yes. But it's just like both of them are doing weird things. She's, like, really sabotaging the relationship. And then, like, do you really want to be with somebody who... I understand you're a police officer and, you know, you do things a certain way, but, like, having a picture of her hand, that's weird to me. That You know, and then, like, the measurement of it, like... It's totally weird, but he never intended for her to see that. He, you know, she was snooping. These are secrets that people keep, and, you know, I'm sure he, she doesn't intend for him to see her secret, but would he want to see that, something like that? Like, your whole, a relationship can't be based off secrets. And I think all of these people do it. And Well, for all of you out there who, who saw the episode and you saw the end, you see that this does not end the way um, some of us were hoping it would end. We will come back to that. But in the meantime, I just want to make a little side note here. We are so accustomed to seeing Brie with these, you know, like her first husband, this conservative guy. Then she was with Orson for the longest time. He ended up in a wheelchair. He was just sort of, you know, not a lot of personality. So... I like that they are taking Bree's character in the direction of finally having this, like, youthful rebirth. She da- She's dating these young guys. Last season, if you remember, she was dating Brian Austin Green. This season, she's got this hot detective Chuck or had this hot uh, detective Chuck. So I like where they're going with her character. But uh, obviously, Bree will never let go of her, her uptight attitude, right? Well, I, no, I don't, I don't. I think, actually, she's taking the steps in that direction of what she wants and owning it I think she just honestly with Chuck realized that there was just something there that isn't going to work um and you saw that in her face at the end it was almost like she knew better I don't know it was just that she was okay with the situation and you know uh, with Brian Austin Green's character she didn't want them to break up she that really hurt her to have to go through that with this situation, it was just like, I don't know if it was just too much stress, because almost with, in relationships, if it, there's too much stress, it gets to the point of like, why, 
I don't even want to bother. We're just starting, and it's going through this. Right, but don't you feel like because this is the last season of Housewives... We want her to... She's running out of time. She's <sighs> If she's going to find love and finally settle down in a relationship... And, of course, I'm sure the series will not end with everything being totally perfect. They will, they will leave some sort of cliffhanger in true Desperate Housewives fashion. But I want Brie to find love. I want her to settle down and find a guy. And these storylines, it's like... You can only bring in a boyfriend for a couple of episodes and introduce so many new boyfriends until it's like, whoa, wait, what? Who's she dating? What's happening now? So I was kind of hoping it would work out with this guy, but unfortunately, not so much. But again, we'll discuss their fate later on uh, in the episode. Susan, by the way, uh, I think of all the women on the lane, Susan seems to be having the hardest time with this secret. And we see her in this episode acting out um the the assault on the cop uh, some of this started last She's week crazy susan is crazy <laughs> she's always been a little bit crazy right but now we're seeing a ton of crazy come out and it's sort of like okay you you have this secret but do you understand that assaulting a cop is kind of a problem and do you understand that asking for a traffic ticket is really expensive and can make your life hell i mean i feel like susan is another one like brie trying to sabotage her relationship i feel like susan is sort of self-destructing and in the meantime her relationship is really starting to suffer as a result of that. So it's like rather than dealing with her problems, which she thinks she's doing, dealing with the problem of the murder, but it's like you've already dealt with the problem of the murder. Now I understand that there's a lot of pressure and what whatnot added to that, but there's an issue at home, and she's not dealing with, that issue and she's hiding it and running from it and she looks crazy like the, the he she he, he should not know that she's lying the way she's lying she covers it with stupidity and i don't know i, I don't know i i don't actually really care for her character at this point from the sickness last season to <laughs> this i'm just like Jesse you are way too young to be so bitter i'm kind of over her <laughs> yeah i'm not bitter i just think with the relationship she just shouldn't i don't know I, but, but I, you know what mike's mike must expect this from susan though because obviously she's kind of a quirky character she has these crazy things about herself and that can't be news to mike i mean certainly he knows he knows what she's all about so i think erratic behavior can be expected from susan delfino this is a little too erratic, and it's really constant in such a short amount of time. And not only that, that's fine if you're in the relationship, but then it turns to the point of, like, now he's starting to think, like, okay, there's something going on. He's already made the comment of, is there another guy in your life? I think that was two episodes ago. And then now you can't understand this, him feeling this way about Carlos, uh, is a little crazy to me. The, the idea that um, that Susan and Carlos could be dating, first of all, is just bizarre and weird <laughs> to me because they've always been, I mean, they're right. The way they framed it in this episode, Mike said something like, you know, for the last eight years, you've been calling him Ricky Ricardo. Uh, and it's true. They've never, Susan and Carlos have never really had any sort of, any sort of even hinting 
of of a romantic relationship. And I certainly did not see um, those implications coming out. Um, but clearly by the end of the, the episode, it's all wrapped up and, and Mike realizes why they've been sneaking around his back. You know what disturbed me, though, at the end of this episode? When Susan was sitting there next to Mike on the couch, she was in tears. She was upset. Clearly, she's been holding on to this very painful secret. She feels horrible about it. And I really did not like how, you know, what they wrote Mike's character to do. Like, did you notice he was on the couch and he was, his body language, he was totally leaning away from her. He wasn't touching her. I mean, if someone who you love has come to you and they're telling you something that's very painful for them, don't you like lean forward and at least put your hand on their leg or, or show them that you're there for them? Clearly Mike is angry. Clearly this is a shock for him, but... I don't know. I was hoping for a little more of him because he's always been so protective of Susan. I think it's at the point of with him not feeling like you've been holding a secret. I've known I know you've been holding a secret. I keep asking you and you don't even trust me enough to tell me, Um, you know, which is what she did trust him. And her friends are the ones who kind of backed her away from that. You know, so maybe that's where he's coming from as far as that goes. I didn't like the end, him getting up and walking away, but I guess that's how they'll leave it. What's he going to do? Yeah. Cliffhanger. Um, well, more relationship drama on the lane. I mean, that is that is sort of a recurring theme. We're seeing all of these relationships being terribly strained. Even Gabby and Carlos, I mean, they're they're getting along these days, but as we know from... The last couple of episodes, they have not been having sex. I still think the stripper pole from last week's episode. Well, and so, question: Do you think that they're going to? Conti- do you think he believed her? Do you think that he believes that there's no relationship between them? Um, you know, because then that, at the same time, if there was nothing going on, like they said in the van, well, why are we hiding them? Yeah, I think in next week's episode, I, I think that we will see this suspicion of Gabby and Carlos potentially having an affair. I think we'll see that go away pretty quickly because the reality is the, the relationship that is most in peril on the lane is Lynette and Tom. And again, like if everyone's marriage is falling apart, come on, like that's not good TV, right? So I hope Susan and Mike can patch things up and Mike can sort of snap out of it and become the, the supportive husband he typically is. But it'll be interesting to see how he handles this news of the murder because because clearly, this is a huge crime. Who knows? I mean, will we see jail time served by any of these women? And, of course, anyone who they tell and who is in on the secret, they can then be implicated in the crime. So, who knows? But, again, they only have one season. So, how much time do they have for these story arcs, right? Well, they usually do, like, 20-something episodes as far as Desperate's concerned. So, I don't know. They've kind of been moving each episode along at a pretty fast pace so maybe they'll they'll each go to to jail to prison and they'll serve like 20 year sentences but they'll get out by the end of the season you're right it does things things do change quite quickly on the show by the way i mean is it me i am certainly not a prude i mean by any sense of the word but this show for some reason brings out these little uncomfortable moments i mean even the number of times in this last episode we heard bitch and ass and all of these words i was thinking wait a minute Oh, wait, this is not a family show. I guess it is a soap opera. And then when Vanessa Williams' character, Renee, is getting a massage from that masseur, and, he, and she says, she says, I've got a tip hidden somewhere on my body, and you'll just have to, ew, you'll just have to find it. 
Seriously, um, it that grossed me out. I don't know why. I don't. I mean, Vanessa Williams. I'm a huge fan, but I could not handle that line for some reason. It was. I mean, it was within her character. But but, but you weren't grossed out like I was. It didn't really bother me that much, but I, I get where you're coming from as far as it being on what ABC. Well, it was nice in this episode to not only see that that typical, predictable um, sultriness that we get from Renee, but it, it was so nice to to see this maternal side of her because Lee, um, Lee, and I never remember his, his husband's name, his partner's name, who's on the line, the gay couple, and they adopted a daughter, and Renee is acting as sort of... Uh, a mother figure to this girl. She's taking her shopping. Uh, she's talking about boys. I love how she said to get even with her friend by having sex with his, by having sex with her boyfriend. Oh no, I don't mean sex. I mean have a soda with him. I mean this girl is eleven years old, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that um, actually made me more of a prude with those types of comments. To have Renee telling this girl to be having sex at eleven yeah, years like, old. Let me know the deets. Like, what? First of all, you're saying in front of her father. One. Two, we're really promoting, like, this. Yeah. Find the tip in your back. That's that's fine, but I didn't, I didn't like that. I wasn't thinking in her back, by the way. I was no, thinking I other areas. <laughs> okay, we can't go back to that topic. No, but so initially Lee and, and Renee sort of have this, um, they they have some words, and Lee is feeling inadequate as a father because, because his daughter doesn't have a mother in her life. Um, clearly they're a gay couple, and they're, they're worried about any shortcomings that may um, present themselves in, in a family unit like that. I think it's totally fine. I was raised by a single mom. I didn't turn out with three heads or anything crazy. But um, but it's nice to see a, a sort of resolution at the end of this episode where Renee and Lee have really sort of bonded. Um, they, they finally come back around. She's been able to, like, take care of some of his, his insecurities. And she admitted, hey, for the first time, I actually kind of like being around kids. So that was a surprising twist in Renee's character, and it'll be interesting to see how how that relationship between Lee's daughter continues on. Because you're right, if you've got a 12 year old girl, I, I I wouldn't know how to take a girl bra shopping, right? What would you do? Call Oprah? I mean, Oprah's like the bra expert. No, you go and you talk to a sales person, and they'll help you out. I don't know. Word on the street is that sales girls aren't very good about fitting bras. That's for another episode, though. <laughs> to be honest, though, I would just walk in there with her and I'd be like, well, this one, look, go try it on. And... Well, one day when you have children, Jesse, that's what's gonna happen. that is exactly what's going to happen. Um, okay. Oh, by the way, so uh, so another, another storyline that we haven't really chatted about yet, and we will get it in a, a commercial break eventually – the the storyline with Lynette and Tom. Now, when, when Tom has moved out, Lynette's sister, Lydia, shows up. And um, I love this actress. Do you remember what her name is? I do not. She's, uh, she's fantastic. But she so- shows up, and you can tell just by the way she's dressed. I mean, it's almost like she's wearing lederhosen. She looks like a bit of a hippie. And her boyfriend shows up, and he's, like, driving a van. And what I love about this boyfriend who shows up, was Stephanie, one of our other after buzzers, was in the screening room with us watching this episode, and she was like, you know what? He looks like every other guy on the lane. I mean, can they cast more similar-looking guys? And it's kind of true. They all kind of have that, that similar look. So 
So Lydia shows up with her hippie boyfriend who is a yogi. He's a yoga instructor. And what's interesting is you immediately sense that Lynette and Lydia have this history of just family family fighting, you know, sisters not getting along. Clearly, um, they had some issues growing up. It looks like they've come to an amicable place as adults. But we see Lynette pushing Lydia's buttons, and Lydia eventually says, what was the line that she said? Essentially, um, oh, Lydia points it at Lynette and says, now you're the screw-up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you're alone and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And when she says that her fiance comes in and you know, not obviously he wasn't supposed to hear that. He's like, I just forgot my iPod. Sorry, but you can tell that he's shocked by what he just witnessed. Um, so, Ooh, so clearly her relationship is a bit on the rocks, but you know what I love about Lynette? Lynette has these emotional outbursts, and sometimes she's not the best parent, but I always feel like Lynette has the best of intentions. Do you get that sense? Like, she always wants to do the right thing. We rarely see Lynette be selfish. Like, think of Eva Longoria's character, Gabby. We we see her, like, she has her love of shopping and nice things and wine and all of this. We see Renee, who is, you know, clearly only concerned about herself. Lynette, I feel, she is a really good mom, and she definitely makes mistakes. But she always has the best of intentions. And even in this moment with Lydia, where she admits to pushing her buttons, the scene where she goes to this little yoga retreat... To talk to Lydia's fiance. It's like she realized what that she was pushing the buttons, and you know, it was the first time. And it's funny because she actually told the boyfriend first before she even told her own sister. You know, I've never seen her like this. Yeah, and that's what sh- what was shocking to me. You know, I expected her to come and be sad. Which, and honestly, when you say that, I feel like Lynette was almost a little. I don't know if selfish would be the word, but well, we did see Lynette selfish running over to Tom's house, uh, you know, in the middle of the night a few episodes back. And then even with this episode, after finding out the relationship between her and her sister, it's like all these times your sister gets emotional, she comes crying to you, you know, and now you're the one going through it and you're not being that person for your sister. Right, but that was a re- an emotional reaction for Lynette, and even though in the moment she didn't react the best way, and right. she brought out the worst in her sister. No, she made up for it. Yeah, she made up for it, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Lynette's character has a way of reacting emotionally, but then at least she comes around at the end. She does the right thing. I mean, that yoga scene was pretty funny when she goes in there and sings Ethel Merman, and what I loved about it is that Lydia, after everything is sorted out, Lydia comes to Lynette and says, oh my gosh, you're never going to get it, or you're never going to guess this, but, you know, what's-his-name came back to me and essentially said he's going to give me another shot. And Lynette, instead of taking credit for it and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I went in and I negotiated that deal for you, Lynette doesn't say a word. Right, no. and So I think that's kind of cool. She's my favorite character. Is she? My favorite housewife. Why is that? She just... She never does anything too crazy, and exactly what you like. Like you said, she to me is the most level-headed. Bree is like a little too prissy, but then does like really outlandish things, or like the way she handles this whole 
murder thing is like you're a little too good at this like <laughs> she is really good at it isn't she it's kind of scary yeah gabby's t- too like i don't know out of it and like into materialistic things susan's just really crazy see um, but the thing is though i i always change my mind it is so hard for me to pick a favorite housewife on those things that you've described about some of these characters are the very reasons why I love them. No, because, absolutely. like, Gabby, for instance, I, oh, my gosh, a few weeks ago, do you remember the scene, the episode where she's in the car with Bree and they can't drive the stick? They're yes. trying to dispose of the car. And then Chuck ends up showing up, Bree's boyfriend detective. He drives, and Gabby is in the back seat, like, eating, eating chewing it. tobacco. Oh, my gosh. Well, no, and, you know, gosh. it's funny. I said to that part, I was like, that, to me, is one of, like, TV's most like best moments. Classic. That was like, uh, I love Lucy. Exactly. You know what? I was watching that episode with a friend. That's exactly what he said. He's like, "This is so I love Lucy." Mm-hmm. The way she was stuffing that tobacco in her mouth and mm. chewing it, and when she's like, when she's like, "All that's missing is a glass of Chardonnay." <laughs> it was just. I mean, I am so glad I have a DVR because I mean, I probably instant replayed that thirty times. It was so. It was. It was amazing. And I get like, and I, that's what makes me love her just as much. But with Lynette, it's just more consistent. With Gabby, it's like sometimes she does things. I'm like, mm, come on, girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. So um, after the break, let's take a quick commercial break. But after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about Gabby's character. Um, we'll wrap up this episode, but we're also going to talk a little bit about news and gossip because Eva Longoria uh, certainly has no shortage of interest. Um, you know, people have no shortage of interest in her when it comes to celebrity sightings and even her uh, her willingness to lend her celebrity to support causes she really believes in. So let's take a break, and we'll meet you back here in about a minute. Want to find out what the after buzz is about? Janice is a drama queen. This is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call. 424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-256-1729-424-
Well, so psycho. Before we even get to that, do you think that this relationship would have worked out differently if her friends were never involved? Because sometimes Gabby, I feel like, pushes it. And, like, Gabby's the one who was like, did you break up with him yet? I know. So rude, right? All of them were saying, like, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. You should break up with him. And Gabby even looked at the ring, and she's like, oh, my gosh, this is a big ring. And on a cop's salary? Yeah, you should still dump him. I was like, what? <laughs> Gabby, he's gorgeous. He's nice. He's, like, what more do you want for your friend Bree, right? But for some reason, they all wanted him out, and it's because they were concerned that having a detective on the lane might out them at some point, and people might discover their crime. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I mean, see, the thing is, in a, in a world without all of these variables, if they hadn't been accessories to this crime and, and actually gone out in the woods to bury this guy and put dirt all over him, this relationship with Chuck and Bree would have worked out. No question, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, sadly, it did not end well. But, but, to go back to the whole Chuck goes psycho thing, Yeah. am I alone in this? He totally went psycho, right? Suddenly, we saw him as an angry cop with a temper, right? Well, I didn't even look at it like that, honestly. I looked at it like a little boy, like you sound like you're, you're... to be honest, you sound like a little bitch, like <laughs> typical man, right? Well, no, exactly. Like he pounds the fist on the table and he essentially says, "If you ever need anything from me, don't call because I'm not going to help you." Essentially, like he got a little nasty. Yeah, it was like a little girl, like a little boy on like the playground. Like he turned into a child in my eyes watching this. And to me, that you know, it was almost like, "All right, Bree, so you did see something. There was something there that wasn't connecting." And even though you thought it might have been this, like, that's who he is. That's who you really are in that moment for, you know, it could have went differently. It could have went, okay, you know, obviously something's going on with you. Maybe we need to take some time apart. Maybe, or maybe we just need a little break, you know. Not to say I was going to propose to you and be upset in that sense. I don't know, I just, it was really nasty to me. And it was, at that point, I was like, hmm, maybe him and Lynette's sister should get together. <laughs> I think Lynette's sister will probably patch it up with her, her yogi boy. No, right? I definitely. So you're essentially saying that Brie, that, that this is the real Chuck, and that Brie maybe sensed something was wrong, but couldn't quite put her finger on it. But I, now this is just confirmation for her. Yeah, I think, obviously she, you know, sensed something was wrong and she was assuming it was that he wrote the letter and you know i think she was finding all these excuses because if you're in love with somebody and your friends are telling you a b and c if you really really care about them know them and trust them you would fight for them no this isn't he's not doing that he's not going to say this he's not going to you know, you're going to defend, you're going to deflect all of that. But I think it also depends on the relationship you have with your friends, though, because if your friends, if these are your best friends and you totally trust them, they've been with you through thick and thin, you trust their opinion. I mean, don't you think you would listen to them if if all of them were saying like, hey, something's not right with this guy. I think you should break up with him. But, and that's, you know, it was just a little, well, no, because they're saying it for the reason of protecting Gabby's husband. They're not looking at him being like, mm, you know what? Yeah, he's a nice guy. No no one's saying that. They're just saying he's a cop. What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, exactly. So priority one then for these women, they have made clear, is 
protecting themselves, protecting each other, and making sure that that secret does not get out. Um, this episode, as it wrapped up, you know, so it looks like Bree is single again. Susan is is having potential relationship trouble with this recent revelation that uh, she was part of this murder, and uh, and Mike still possibly thinking that something funky is going on between Susan and Carlos. Lynette, um, we see acting more as a sister role in this episode. We don't see a lot from Tom. Renee, we see acting as the mother role. And um, I don't know. We'll get into predictions in a minute, but why don't we talk about some news and gossip? After Buzz TV News. All right, so once again, Eva Longoria is using her celebrity to raise awareness for a cause she feels strongly about. Longoria executive produced the upcoming documentary, The Harvest, which tells the story of migrant farm workers, many of them children, who spend their days working in the fields to harvest food that eventually ends up in American grocery stores. I eat food, and I'm a responsible human being. And if you are responsible, you have to know where your food comes from. According to Longoria, a whopping 25% of the food we eat in America is harvested by children. As a ninth-generation Mexican-American, Longoria helped raise over one million. I'm sorry, one million to make the film. Tomorrow, Tuesday, October 11th, the film will be released on DVD. And you know, I when I was reading about this, I could not believe this statistic: 25%. Of the workers who are, who, are, who are harvesting this food that ends up in American grocery stores, 25% are children? Yeah, I definitely believe it. That is shocking. So, again, I mean, she this girl is so busy. Between her acting schedule, between her endorsements, dating and hanging out, you know, with her friends in Vegas, I love that she, time and time again, finds time to do stuff like this because raising money for a film I mean if you're producing an indie film oh my gosh talk and, about a huge process and I'm glad that you know we've had a lot of positive news uh, for Eva Longoria with this uh, with Desperate Housewives here at After Buzz and I want to put a statement out there because there's a TV show called Haters and Eva Longoria was actually just on it what? yes someone hates Eva Longoria who is this person? the reason was which is this is absolutely ridiculous because every charity she is involved with has to do with they said she's not she doesn't recognize her being spanish she absolutely does Exa- even in desperate housewives i'm saying like and then to hear you know is this person kidding no they were really serious they said she never gives back and all this crazy 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 stuff and it was just like how can you consider yourself a hater and you know nothing about her that's absolutely absurd because a you're right. I mean, if you did any research, if this person had done any research, they would see that tons of her causes are are directly connected to the Latino community. This film that's being released on DVD tomorrow, Harvest, it is all about the plight of migrant farm workers, many of whom come from Latin American countries. She's absolutely down with her people. Absolutely. And this is the other thing to that. She may not be representing... Jenny from the block, but not ev- not every uh, what, a Mexican American of that descent is that, you know. So it's nice that she's playing a positive role of a successful Latina in this community, and not playing the typical roles in which you would normally see them in. And I, I think that that's great, and I think that that was really ignorant of that person to. Go on national television. Yeah, absolutely. Take Eva Longoria's time where she could have been working on this film. 
You know what? I I am so sensitive when it comes to stuff like this. A, diversity, and B, people who just don't bother to do their research. Because I grew up in a place where everyone was white, everyone was very religious, and it was like any sort of difference. You know, pe- people had like a worldview that was this big, but somehow they felt like they knew everything about the planet. It sounds like this person who hates Eva Longoria comes from a similar background because and that is just outrageous. Only reads Star Magazine. That is outrageous. <laughs> All right, so this weekend in Vegas, October 14th and 15th, keep an eye out for Eva Longoria as she will host a weekend. Excuse me. A weekend of Latin style and entertainment to raise money to fight childhood cancer. Here we go again. Longoria will be joined by other celebs such as George Lopez, Jessica Alba, Sofia Vergara, her buddy Mario Lopez, and fellow housewife Felicity Huffman to raise awareness and educate others about the epidemic. Ms. Longoria serves as the national spokesperson for Padres Contra el Cancer, which in English means Parents Against Cancer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if that hater out there is listening to this, she is the, Eva Longoria is the national spokesperson for Padres con el Cancer, contra el Cancer, you know, Parents Against Cancer. And this is one of the, the causes that she has aligned herself with. It, it happens to be a Latino organization. There are many Latino members, many Latino celebrities like George Lopez, Mario Lopez, who are also involved with it. So, gosh, I mean, she's doing amazing things, and I hope she doesn't. I hope she doesn't take a second to listen to the haters. By the way, wasn't the haters canceled on the CW? And fortunately, it was. Sadness. Sadness, sadness. Well, Sorry, um, Mario. I think that's our news and gossip for the week, right, Jesse? Yes, it is. Thank you for bringing us up to speed. Well, um, predictions for next week. This sound effect seems so amazingly appropriate now that it's October. <laughs> Doesn't it? I said, now that it's October, I want to change it to like a jingle. <laughs> exactly. Just to throw everybody off. Totally. You should change it to some holiday music. Yes. That would be nice. Everyone in the spirit. Well, so predictions. We On last week's After Buzz uh, breakdown of Desperate Housewives, we did have a spoiler alert, right, Jesse? In News and Gossip, you let us know that we may be seeing Lynette and Tom get back together before we know it. Yeah. Yes. They want to work on... Showing different ways of how they can get them back together. They're not going to be getting a, 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 a divorce. Um, and then there was a slight rumor in there that Renee might be a woman in Tom's life. What? Yep. Oh, that would just apparently, be bizarre. Well, I, haven't, I, I don't know where they were reaching back to, but apparently Tom and Renee had something really quickly, quick in the past. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that. But that was... Honestly, who hasn't Renee slept with, right? No, well, there you go. Well, Tom and Lynette, I loved in the little tease at the end of, of uh, this episode, they did show <laughs> Lynette webcamming with her daughter or FaceTiming on a, on a phone, saying, like, I, I'd love to see your father's new drapes, and there's some woman in a bikini by the pool. So that's interesting. Clearly, Tom, you know, one of them will have a love interest, but um, I'm very hopeful that they might get back together. Susan and Mike, again, I'm kind of mad at Mike because I thought he did not play the, the role of supportive husband when Susan was admitting this painful secret about being involved in the murder. I thought Mike could have at least touched her arm or said, hey, honey, I'm there for you. What that do you was think annoying. he's going to do next week? I don't know. I mean, I think he'll probably have some, like, 
Mike Delfino freak out. Oh my gosh, how could you keep this from me? I'm your husband. We're supposed to talk about everything. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. I talk about not my favorite character. I would say, <laughs> sorry, James Denton, you're cute, but not well, not not the bee's knees in my I w- eyes. I, I want to know a prediction. If uh, Chuck was to stick around and things had gone the opposite direction. How do you think that that would have worked out if he found out? Do you think now he's going to try and find some? Uh, oh, interesting. Try and something out? That is a very interesting question. So, you, so, so Chuck, uh, as we mentioned, said to Bree during this breakup, I, "If you ever need something, don't call me for help." But Jesse, that is an excellent uh, question. Whether he will actually try to snoop around and see if he can dig up anything on the women. That would be a really interesting twist. Well, because the childness in him... Would do something like that. Yeah, like, to just, I want to find out who the other guy was, who wrote her that letter. Oh, yeah. And if he figures out who wrote the letter before she does... Jesse, that's why I love you. You are a thinker. You are a thinker. That is an excellent question. <laughs> okay, let's let's keep an eye out on that. I guess we'll find out. Um, and in terms of Renee, Renee, I, I mean, who knows? Will she develop something with Tom? I hope not, because that would just be weird. We cannot have all these people on the lane sleeping. Well, another uh, spoiler we have is that someone is definitely going to die, and rumor is that there it could be more than one. Like in an upcoming episode or at the end of the season? Within the season. Okay. More, well, than, more than one person. It can't be one of the housewives, though. It can't be one of the women. And it is a shocker, whoever is going to die. Or maybe it's like Mike Delfino or something. I wonder if it's going to be Carlos. Oh, that would be awesome. I mean, listen, no offense to the guys on the lane. I just think the, the, the female characters are so much more dynamic. I would not be brokenhearted to see one of the guys die. I mean, what's his name died? Remember? The, the guy who Bree was dating... Um, remember when they had the, like the street festival on Wisteria Lane and the plane came down and crashed and it was, um, you know, what's his name? Tall, thinning hair, whatever. We're running out of time, people. (laughs) (laughs) So next week in the studio, hopefully we'll have Roxy and Sarah back, uh, and Heather as well. Jesse, thanks for keeping me company tonight. And as always, um, feel free to call in if you all have questions or comments about the show. Um... It's going to be a good last season. Honestly, I've got to say, I really am sorry to see the show go. But we'll be walking you through each episode every single week. So keep it right here, AfterBuzzTV.com, streaming live on Ustream. I'm Derek Shore, DJ Jesse in the booth. We'll see you all next week. Take care. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.